Bitcoin keeps teasing us with a potential bull run. Charlie Shrem says he didn't do it. Nobody saw him do it. John McAfee gets a tattoo and a coin goes up 17%. And the top 10 cryptos getting ready to airdrop 125 million in tokens to wallet holders. It's just another week in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia and there's so much news afoot and at hand. That's right. We cover all the appendages here especially if John McAfee's on the show. <laughs> we know you pay special attention to what celebrities have to say about politics and blockchain, so you'll be glad to hear who the latest Hollywood personality speaking up about crypto has to say. So set phasers to listen, there's a clue, as we dig into this week's biggest crypto and blockchain news. It's the Bad News episode number 204 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, where sometimes jingles come out of my mouth like that. It's the lounge version of Bad Crypto Podcast. Yeah. It's bad. So bad. bad. Very bad. I'm Joel Come. He's Travis Wright. You're sticking with the show tonight. Oh. Worse than usual. Normally, you don't actually have video of us doing it. It's normally just our audio all up in your ear holes. Now we're all up in your eye holes. Yeah, so those of you that are listening to the show in your ears, we are now in partnership with BeLive.TV to broadcast bad news live each week on their Twitch channel, which Mm -hmm. is BeLive underscore on underscore Twitch. And of course, we link to it in the Bad Crypto Mastermind. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, we It'll be a different time each week. But if you'll pay attention to the mastermind at badcode.in forward slash mastermind, you'll know when we're going to go live and you can come and engage with us. Uh, so and see us. Like, I see you, Travis. I see you, Mr. Jokov. See, we don't have a set time of when we do it each week because we do it when we want. We do it when we want. And we've got a lot of great news to cover this week. There's some really interesting... Bad news, Mr. Jokov. That's good news. It's bad news. But first, a shout out to our show sponsor, Digitex. Digitex, D-I-G-I-T-E-X. They are launching a commission-free trading platform for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin futures they're from the future this is a revolutionary trading platform that will eliminate all transaction fees i like that don't be paying the transaction fees also no withdrawal or deposit fees this is a game changer because no other platform allows traders to trade with zero fees like this for futures it's Mm -hmm. gonna great ui it's gonna have a one-click ladder interface it's gonna operate on its own base crypto the dgtx token and uh, this their exchange is launching at the end of the year you guys can sign up for the early access waitlist and be one of the very first in the world to trade for free go to badco.in forward slash futures and you can check it out and we think that you should yeah uh, zero fees and it won't hurt your fee fees <laughs> why would you want to hurt their fee fees? i want to hurt your fee wings all right, great stuff. And actually, uh, full disclosure, we are advisors with Digitex, and because uh, we believe pretty strongly in that project, 
doing yeah. great stuff over there. Cool stuff. Bad news, Mr. Joel Com. Did you hear about the bad news? What is bad. the bad news? There's bad news that's going on. This is bad news right here. We just yeah. lost a couple viewers. That's bad news. We're only down to 7.4 million viewers. <laughs> well, uh, you know, for those of you that are watching on Twitch, you're actually going to get to see the stories that we're referring to and talking about. And starting right now, we're going to go to coinmarketcap.com. I'm going to refresh because right now, at this very moment, time stamped at 2.07 p.m. Mountain Time on the 8th, we have a market cap of 215720000000 million. Bitcoin is at 64.53. Ethereum, 213. Ripple, 50 cents. Bcash, 590. Took a nice jump this week. EOS, 554. Stellar, 26 cents. Litecoin, 53 cents. Uh, Monero, 109, because who cares about Cardano? And Tether, still under that dollar peg at 99.38 cents. Mm. So why do you, why are you all against Cardano? What have they done know. to you? Why are you hating on them? I skip ADA every week. I don't Who know. Why. Hate I don't know. They are number eight on the list, Mr. Joe Conkle, yeah. being a hater. All right, well, let's go to 11 and hit Tron. They are at 2.3 cents. Dash is a, a hundred and sixty-seven bucks, and IOTA. We all, we never talk about IOTA as well. We hate them. And we don't hate them. You do. I hate them. You didn't like the. I just hate their wallet. Their wallet was pretty horrible. Yeah. I got a question. So is this is this uh, now? It's on Twitch. Is it going to stay on so they can watch the review of it later, or is it yeah, absolutely uh, the replays no, yeah. stay on Twitch? So if you guys that are listening want to go see, uh, including the outtakes, because there will be outtakes. You know, when we record the show. We make mistakes. We yeah. don't. We don't. They are happy accidents. We we make happy accidents all over the place. <laughs> and if you want to see what that looks like, then you can go over to. Oh, that was a happy accident. There goes another one. Okay, so that's where it's at right now. And you know, the first piece of positive news in this bad news episode is from Coin Telegraph. Mike uh, Novogratz who was with Galaxy Digital. He's the CEO, and he told the Financial News, a UK business publication, that Bitcoin, uh, he's bullish. He says Bitcoin's forecast for the end of the year is around 8,900 with highs of 20,000 or more in 2019. Mm. That's what he says. Yeah, he says, you know, it was really interesting last year with that big run-up. I mean, it hit 5,000, then it hit 10,000, then it hit 15, 20,000 all within like three months. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. It was like the first time it ever hit five grand, 10 grand. And then the, the numbers got so ridiculous T- to me personally. I was like, it seemed to me that the price should be around five grand, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it should have just took off like that. Uh, but a lot of people who were, were smarter than us got out of all their crypto at those high, at those high prices. And uh, they said, he says that, uh, you know, next year in Q1, by the end of Q1, uh, we should see Bitcoin, you know, taking out $10,000. And, um, but who knows? Crypto goes up, crypto goes down. This is just another person who's really smart in the crypto space, but nobody really knows what the price is going to do. Uh, people, a lot of people say they know, but they don't really know, Mr. Joe Com. Well, this kind of goes along the lines of what Ronnie Moes was saying at World Crypticon last week and his reasons for why he thinks Bitcoin will pass 28,000 by the end of 2019. And the story on Ethereum World News gives additional reasons. We've been talking about BACT, right? B-A-K-K-T coming to uh, fruition in December. 
And that is what many people think is going to clear the way for institutional investment into the crypto space. Yeah, so that was a really interesting thing. When Backed was announced, they were talking about like a partnership with Starbucks and you're going to be able to, you know, use your crypto to buy a latte at any Starbucks or whatever. Um, we don't know if that's necessarily the case when it's first rolling out, but the backed platform, you know, is supposed to be a pretty interesting moment in the age of crypto, apparently, because there's going to be a lot more uses uh, or being able to, to, to buy stuff with your crypto. Now, a lot of people like to hold their crypto. They don't necessarily like to purchase stuff. I only like to purchase stuff with my crypto when it's super fast, instantaneous. Like I would much rather purchase stuff with Stellar Lumens or even Ripple. You know, I don't have any Ripple, but like I would uh, because like, oh my God, it's so fast. Like it, it, it's, it settles in like two, three seconds, right? Yeah. Some of these other ones I want to hold. I don't want to sell my, my, I don't want to, you know, use my Bitcoin to buy stuff with. I normally like to hold it when I can't. Well, it's going to be interesting to see if if uh, Backed does indeed launch in in early December, mm-hmm. and uh, and and if institutional money does indeed come flying in, it would sure be nice to see uh, a bullish move towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. There are there are those who say if it doesn't happen for, towards the end of the year, Vinnie Lingham said at the World Crypticon that the, then we're in for a really long winter. Well, it's also he had another great point that I really liked when he talked about all of the employees in the crypto space that each month they sell their crypto to get fiat to pay their bills. And there's a lot of them out there that are doing that. And, you know, so, you know, right now we're not in a place where there's a whole lot of buying because people are trying to figure it out. But it's it also goes back to that thing that Ronnie Moaz said. If you got in and you bought bat, you know, Bitcoin at 20,000 and now it's at 6,500, Buy a couple of 6500 then your cost price averaging is around 11000 You know, that's a better deal than looking at that one that you got hosed on for 20000 So, you know, it's a buying time when it's these bear markets, just like Buffett has always said. When other people are greedy, you know, uh, be be fearful. And when, when people are fearful, be greedy. And when cryptos are down like this, I mean, we may not see some of these at these prices ever again. Some of them, they might go lower. Uh, who really knows? Uh, we're just basically talking out of our ass over here, Mr. Joel Kahn. We, that's no, what we do. We're bad. So mm-hmm. last week we announced that Charlie Shrem was being accused of stealing 5,000 Bitcoin from the Winklevi. He mm-hmm. was like a custodian that was supposed to oversee trades. Mm-hmm. And they're just doing the math and realizing that about $32 million in Bitcoin um, never got back into their hands. And this story from Coindesk, Charlie is saying, uh-uh. I didn't do it in true Bart Simpson fashion. I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. Um, that he yeah, knew- it wasn't me. I think he said wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, what he said was that after I was released from prison, I had a net worth of less than a hundred thousand dollars and worked for approximately six months at a restaurant in Pennsylvania. Since working at the restaurant, I've worked a variety of jobs that have allowed me to accumulate funds and restore myself financially and he is saying that he never personally owned the 5000 bitcoins nor has he ever personally owned 5000 bitcoins at, all at one time ever that he never mm-hmm. had possession of these bitcoins yeah and not only that but he attached the pair of printouts of transactions as logged by blockchain showing that those 5000 bitcoin were moved twice into and later out of a wallet associated with shrem 
And so he basically came with some documents and another redacted document, including emails that explain those transactions. And so who knows? Uh, we actually had a chance to meet Charlie and his wife. I believe her name was Courtney at the uh, World CryptoCon Poker Tournament. Nice people. Um, actually, I think that, uh, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I've never met the Winklevi, uh, but uh, Charlie was a pretty solid dude, seemed like to me. And who knows? But you never know. But he had these transactions. He printed them out. He seemed pretty prepared about it. I don't know. All I know is the Winklevoss twins, they like to sue people. <laughs> well, if if it's legitimate, then rightfully so. If not, then uh, I'm sure a judge will dismiss it. All right, let's jump over to our good buddy, John McAfee. And by good buddy, I mean a guy who we know who's been on the show two times. Uh, we don't really hang out with John. We hung out with Mr. John McAfee and drank alcohol or done drugs. So I don't know if we're a good friend of his. Yeah, well, here's the story. Apparently, he got a tattoo for Skycoin. I saw it on his Instagram. Yeah, I'm looking for the picture of it here in this story. It's not here in, in this story, but if, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. So um, I asked him when he's going to get a bad crypto tattoo, and right. I got lots of likes on uh, on Twitter, but he did not respond to that. So I guess it's probably never. Maybe after he cuts off his junk, he can put a bad crypto tattoo there. He uh, Right, because he's going to need something <laughs> in that space. Uh, apparently, the coin price jumped right away 12%. He said, I've got a, I got a Skycoin tattoo today. My tech folks will stitch a two-minute video together that should capture the essence of the experience. For now, this short clip should summarize why Skycoin, if you have to ask, you've been living in an effing closet. Well, I... So I, I'm in a closet because I'm why? getting... Why? Why Skycoin, Mr. Jokom? Why, why Skycoin? What does Skycoin do? I have literally no clue. I must have been in a closet, too. Yeah. It's time for you to come out of the closet, Travis. You were in the closet first. I was just trying to help you get out of it. <laughs> it shot up. Literally in your closet's right behind you. I see it. Yeah. it's it's If you look at the coin market cap you know, chart for Skycoin, it went <laughs> like that You know, right after he announced it. He got a tattoo. So apparently McAfee getting a tattoo is all that's needed. I guess that's a new tweet. I, I wonder how much he had to pay for that. It's like, look, $150,000 for a tweet, $350,000 for a tattoo. Seriously, though, who who gets press like McAfee does? Nobody gets He gets the best press. He does. He does. Uh, here's some real bad news, Mr. Travis Wright, because I hope this isn't a precedent for, uh, for iTunes, but apparently they have removed... Anthony Pomp Pompliano's show off the chain from the iTunes store without any explanation. It was the fourth place show in investing category and was mysteriously taken down. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and look right now and see if I can find the, the podcast. Uh, but Travis, I just pulled up iTunes and it's there. I see it. Yeah, I see it as well. And, you know, that's one of those things like we got blocked on YouTube for nothing. We basically had a we had a video that showed people how to get their ten dollars free of crypto from Coinbase from the affiliate code, basically just for our own audience, not even a public video. It was to show people because here we are. We're the crypto show that shows the the masses how crypto works. And uh, and so we got blocked from YouTube and, you know, we're still not on YouTube like they blocked us and we're done. And we didn't actually, we fought it a little bit. And then we said, eh, you know what? Screw you, Google. We don't need you. And, but if, if Apple starts blocking and, and eliminating crypto podcasts and start being, you know, like publishers instead of a platform, 
that could be a big problem for people because you build up a big audience. Like what we have 7 million plus downloads on this show and like what they're just going to eliminate you and you're done. Like that's why we need these decentralized solutions, Mr. Joel Com. So companies can't just eliminate you when they get a whim, like some wild social justice where you can be upset. They didn't like something you said. And the next thing you know, they're going to just get your whole show eliminated. No way. By the way, as long as I was in iTunes, I went in and pulled us up to see if there were any new reviews. Hooked on Bad Crypto from JQ008. There's only one way to hedge a bear market, and that's to hodl Bad Crypto Knowledge, that is. John McAfee for president. Episode number 300, stay bad. Mm. <laughs> Hooked on Bad Crypto. No monkey said, bad, eh, not so much. Childlike humor in bite-sized chunks. Good content, though, so you got to give them that. Yeah, give us that. Give us give us that. Thanks for the reviews. Appreciate that. There's some other great stuff that's happening in here. Uh, Mr. Joel Com. next up on the news, Jamie Dimon says, I don't give a shit about Bitcoin. Well, yeah, we feel that way about him, too. So next yeah. story, uh, this one is I've used Ether Delta before. Have you? You know what? That that is a, that was one of those challenges. Like, first of all, you get on Coinbase, then you maybe move some cryptos over to Bitrix or Poloniex, right? Or Kraken, some of those. That's like a next step. And then, like, it, some of the coins you want to get, you're like, oh, they're on Ether Delta. Mm-hmm. And then Ether Delta was kind of like a challenge to kind of figure it out. So it's almost like uh, it's like a next level in your crypto education. If you can get on Ether Delta and figure out how that works. And now there's like another one called what, Fork Delta or something? Ether Delta. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's around now. I think it's called Fork Delta or something. But, well, here, uh, here's the news: the SEC has charged the founder of Ether Delta, Zachary Coburn, with operating an unregistered securities exchange. The regulator said that Ether Delta acts as a secondary market for trading ERC twenty tokens, and uh, those are those Ethereum tokens are digital asset securities. And oh. so um, they're saying that that was bad. And that he has settled the charges. He didn't admit to them or deny them, but he paid three hundred thousand in disgorgement, thirteen thousand in prejudgment interest, and a seventy-five thousand dollar penalty. It's almost four hundred thousand dollars. Does that mean they have to? Is Ether Delta shut down now? Hmm. Don't know, but you're really good at math, Mister Jolcom. I am good at maths. Uh, No, you know it's one of those things. Like they claim they are a decentralized exchange. Now, there was the creator of the exchange, but it's a decentralized exchange, meaning users can come in, trade freely amongst themselves, right, and not have a whole lot of fees and stuff. And so, you know, it's um, it's, it's it's a decentralized exchanges are not a bad idea. But then when you have the SEC and they're trying to uh, they don't they don't want peer to peer crypto exchanging going on without some sort of regulation, Mr. Jolcom. It's still there. I mean, the site's still up, so I'm not sure, you know, under what terms he can still operate it, but um, clearly he is. SEC just needed some cash money. They wanted to pay pay Jake Clayton's uh, salary this year. Uh, Here in the United States, we just finished our midterm elections, and without taking political sides here, we just want to report on some of the news related to that. Hey, 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 actually, today is the uh, two-year anniversary of the 2016 election. There you go, making it a thing. Uh, I'm just stating facts. Is a facts a thing? So here's here's the fact (laughs) that 
Two pro-crypto candidates score wins in U.S. midterm gubernatorial elections. I always thought that was funny. It's governor, right? It's for governor, but we have to call it gubernatorial. Um, and the well, two governors are goobers. I mean, a lot of polit- politicians are goobers. Well, Gavin Newsom, uh, who has um, been the, uh, the the mayor of San Francisco, is now the um, the governor of California. He's going to be everywhere and all over the state san francisco and he's the mayor whatever it actually all the maps of like there's literally geo maps of all the places in san francisco where you do not want to step uh because of the the homelessness there but he loves crypto so i mean i guess he's good he took donations at bitcoin and bitcoin cash and the other one is here in my state of colorado uh jared polis is now he took bitcoin cash he's going to be the governor he also accepted via bitpay uh, Bitcoin in Bitcoin Cash, and he in his uh, his campaign website, he had an entire page devoted to his blockchain policy. So uh, perhaps there will be some positive things coming out of these local uh, these state governments where blockchain is concerned. Yeah, and uh, what Wyoming is right above um, Colorado, right? That is true. Yeah, and Wyoming's really big. They also passed a House bill that exempts crypto from state security regulations. And that was signed into a law recently. So, you know, I think we're going to start seeing more and more of these politicians accepting crypto because you know what, if they have, you know, policies that I believe in, I would totally be willing to send them some crypto. Right. But a lot of them are not able to, I mean, I wonder if Trump's going to accept crypto in 2020. I don't know. I think by then, yeah, I think by then we're going to see. Candidates are going to have to, I was, I was couple years away from there but uh speaking of voting uh you know we've talked for some time as early as we had horizon state on the show um Mm -hmm. you know almost a year and a half ago that wants to put you know create blockchain voting technology there's more and more companies that are doing that this article on cnet says blockchain isn't the answer to our voting system woes but essentially it can help and there's a lot of companies that are working in that space right now Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned this before, you know, a few times, but uh, I mean, that was that was one of the, um, I guess, sort of the reasons that Joel and I actually do a podcast now, because in December of 2016, I wrote a big article on Huffington Post talking about all the crazy stuff that has gone on with the election, but then also said, well, we can complain about the problems or we can create solutions, which I like solutions and blockchain and some sort of, you know, voter ID that's connected to the blockchain would be really helpful. And this one here is saying, oh, it's not, it's not the, uh, it's not the answer for our voting system woes, but I can tell you what's not the answer is these antiquated, you know, computers from 2008 that when somebody can sit out in the parking lot and jump on the same Wi-Fi and hack it. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of jurisdictions that are using old, old, you know, electronic voting machines. And that's not good. I'm, I'm like either paper or blockchain. That's what I'm, I mean. I my hanging Chad, if you yeah. will. There's yeah. two apps out there that are working on this. Uh, well, there's a number of them, but Votes and Votum have both pointed out some advantages here. A, voters can verify that their vote was cast as intended and detect tampering. B, governments and independent outside parties can confirm the vote results on the blockchain for better election transparency and see with decentralized blockchain databases in which voting data is distributed across many servers it's harder to destroy or alter results by hacking a single central system mm-hmm. and, and vote 
actually using this in West Virginia as an option for overseas voters. I wonder about this because you know how like there are apps like on Android where I could spoof a phone number and call somebody with a phone number, right? It's like, what number do you want to call somebody from? And you're like, oh, I'm calling from this number. And then it, it pops up on their, their caller ID as a spoofed number, right? So like, I do wonder with, I mean, I know with our cell phones, we have the, our own IMEI code and we have our own SIM code, a SIM card and all this other stuff. But you, it would have to be very, very secure if we're all voting for our own devices, because you know how hackers think they're going to try to figure out some way to sort of spoof it. And if somebody's politically bent on impacting something, then the, the, a lot of times they will. So right. gotta make sure that technology is completely fully baked and locked down before there's a uh, uh, cryptography professor at Princeton. His name is Matt green. And in this report that he helped uh, put together, I think he helped says if malware on a voter's device alters a vote before it ever reaches a blockchain, the immutability of the blockchain fails to provide the desired integrity and the voter may never know of the alteration. So uh, what you say, well, have is- it. Well, it's sort of like this. Whenever I do a, a Bitcoin transaction, if I send you some Bitcoin, Mr. Joel I can go and look at that transaction ID. So I should be able to go look and see if my my thing is officially correct. Or, yeah, I should be able to go look and see what that vote was made. It should be transparent. I should be able to go see that my vote is the way that I said it was. And if not, then I can dispute it. Let's check out a few stories from around the world. This one right here, the world's most bulletproof crypto company to create a coin backed by the Swiss franc. It's called Rocks, R-O-C-K-Z. It's the first coin paired to the one of the most stable fiat currencies in the world, the Swiss franc. And they're partnering with the Geneva Swiss Bank. They're calling it the most reliable and predicto, predictable crypto cash and the world's most bulletproof cryptocurrency. Mm. So it's the first coin ever to be paired with the Swiss franc. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, I don't know if, ex- if there's any exchanges out there that are paired to the, the Swiss franc, but I do know that uh, when you go and exchange some dollars for Swiss francs, you get hosed. Like the Swiss franc is like a for real deal. And uh, the value on that, it's like I have, uh, next time I go to Switzerland, I might be going actually at the end of this month, I'm gonna bring because I like I brought some Swiss francs home. Like I got to take these back with me because these are like expensive. Like I, you know, just hold them in your little your your currency collection. You gotta go take them back. That's so many stable coins. Mm. I mean, it's good to see uh, Mm -hmm. because competition, you know, uh, breeds excellence. I would almost say that when it's all said and done, there will be stable coins paired to every currency on the planet. And there will be unstable coins. There will be some unstable shows, or there's a lot of those already. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of that stuff going on, and you're going to see more and more of these exchanges with more crypto and more fiat currency pairings. And uh, <laughs> innovation keeps happening in this space, guys. This is it's exciting. Uh, you've been to Dubai, right? I have been to Dubai Airport. Okay. Well, you, that's close to- because there was a big ass sandstorm. Like it was blowing. You could see the sandstorm coming, and I could not even see the the big tall building there, Burj Khalifa or, or Wiz Khalifa or it's whatever. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in uh, Dubai, Ripple is setting up an office there, so uh, they're moving forward to take on international domination. They've mm-hmm. got um, banks 
throughout the Middle East, I suppose, you know, that these partners are going to work with and they are calling uh, Dubai the remittance capital of the world. Very nice. Major retail Saudi bank is joining Ripple for international payments. So, yeah, not only Dubai, but uh, Saudi Arabia is getting in on the action as well and partnering with uh, with Ripple. So something to keep an eye on for sure. As uh, you know, personally, full disclosure, I don't hold any Ripple. You know, it's a little too centralized for me. I know Mr. Joel Kahn probably has a little bit of that. I have a little but, bit of that. I do. Uh, a lot of people are standing on the sidelines right now waiting for that institutional money. And um, this story right here tells us that not everybody's, you know, ready to go yet. BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager, is avoiding a Bitcoin ETF until cryptocurrencies become, quote, legitimate. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of these ETFs are a double, double-edged double sword. We've had conversations with people like Mark Moss and some other folks on the show. And when ETFs are created, then it, I think that's kind of like paper Bitcoin. And so in some cases, it's going to be good. Institutional money will come in. But I don't necessarily know that it's going to be good for the long-term price health of Bitcoin. So if some of these if, – if paper Bitcoin is actually able to be fully implemented and – they trade them like they do gold and silver because you know we've we've talked about this multiple times it's like for every single ounce of gold out there there's like over 200 paper ounces of gold and for every uh, ounce of silver there's over i think 500 ounces of silver so it suppresses the price it keeps it down it artificially creates way more quantity than there are in actuality and so people are buying a bitcoin but they're not actually buying a bitcoin they don't actually hold the private keys they're holding a of futures that are holding a contract for it and uh, it's not real. So I think long-term that could be detrimental to the price, but that I'm not a financial advisor. That's just what some really smart people who I've listened to and talked to think is going to happen. And I kind of agree. One of the, neither of us are financial advisors, by the way, in case you guys didn't know that one of the companies that we've both individually been bullish on is Stellar, uh, Stellar Lumens, because it is so super fast and we believe that they can really help to bank the unbanked. Well, this news just came out this week. They are going to airdrop $125 million in XLM tokens to uh, to people who are holding blockchain wallets and sign up for the airdrop. So mm-hmm. I guess you have to actually um, choose the airdrop to figure out how to uh, to do this, which I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's blockchain.com, I believe, is the wallet. Get that free wallet, and there's something else you need to do. And actually, if you look on the front page of, of uh, that website, blockchain.com, Bitcoin's there, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and it shows Stellar right there. And so okay. you can log in, get yourself, get yourself a sign up, get yourself a wallet, and uh, I believe if you have to hold, if you hold a little bit of lumens or something, then they're they're going to airdrop some to you or something. I'm not sure. There's a link right here on the front page. Uh, claim your free XLM right here underneath the uh, the ticker, and you click there, and then you fill in your email right here. So I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna do that in a bit because I want to get me some of them free Lumans. I love me Lumans. I want to be part of Luman Group. That's true. See what I did there? Good. And we'll put the link in the show notes for you guys. All the links for these stories are at badco.in forward slash 204. By now, you should have figured out how easy it is to find the show notes for episodes. 
because that's how we do it. Yeah, we have a system. It's in place. What else we got here in the human interest arena, Mr. Travis, right? Yes. So here on ICONewsWatch.com, pay Bitcoin or else thugs threaten Amsterdam businesses with explosives. Yikes. Some business owners in Amsterdam, they are living in fear because some criminals are saying, hey, you need to pay us money in Bitcoin. That's like the new mafia, I guess. Yeah. That's like, that sounds like a mafia kind of like old school Chicago thing. You're in a neighborhood. You need to pay. You need to pay your dues to, you know, Jimmy Two Tones. You know? 50,000 euros. Uh, they're sending wow. emails to businesses in Amsterdam demanding Bitcoin worth 50,000 euros. Failure to pay hand grenades will be planted at the business premises or businesses will come under a hail of bullets forcing closure. Good grief. That's that's some craziness right there. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so they're doing that. <laughs> Victims of the extortion scheme are instructed to open an account on either uh, you know, Coinbase or Coin Mama. They are then required to buy bitcoins and, on either exchange and transfer them to a specific address. Wow, there's, I guess there's been at least three coffee shops and a nightclub that have received these threats. And um, wow, they say if they don't do that, then the fee is going to be doubled to a hundred thousand euros if it's not paid within five days. Yikes! And and zoiks and all of those things that you would hear on Scooby Doo. What a crazy new world! You know what? This is this, you know. It's sad to say, but it's like, you know, I don't I think this is going to be the new kind of financial terrorism that's going to happen in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why, you know, my crypto is in is in vaults in various banks. You know, it's like you got to keep safe. Like once once I got sim jacked and then I was like, oh, <laughs> so I just keep very little, very little crypto that's easily acceptable, you know, to me. So it's like if I'm somewhere else and somebody's trying, like, I'm literally, I can't do anything unless I go to a couple different disclosed locations and they're not in the same location. Got to be smart about it. Right. It almost would make sense to have somebody, you know, kind of be your trustee for your crypto where you don't even have any access to the keys at all. You know, Uh somebody. You got to do a lot of trust. I mean, how often have you like seen like, sports agents or somebody like in the sports like oh yeah i've trusted all my money to my to my trusted advisor and now they they have a home in cabo san lucas and i'm broke you know yeah. so it's like hard to trust people uh, there's been a lot of predictions about where bitcoin is going and this uh, this article on market watch in this graphic is really interesting because it shows 11 famous people's bitcoin predictions you know and when they when they made those predictions where they expected uh, Bitcoin to be, you know, over the long term. And so we've got Tyler Winklevoss on here. We've got McAfee. We've got uh, Max Kaiser, Jameson Lopp, who's been on the show, Tim Draper, who's been on the show, Trace Meyer, all, all of our guests. Like, Trace Meyer's not been on the show. What, Trace Meyer's not been on the show? Trace Meyer, come on on the show, bro. Maybe uh, I just we, had Matt, we had Max Kaiser on the show. We did, and we should have him back on again. We had him early on. Um, mm-hmm. This is This is interesting because... Uh, you know, the, the price predictions here are all over the map, right? They, they truly range from um, $100, which is what Ken Rogoff says, that Bitcoin's going to tank and go away, all the way up to what Jim Cramer says, a million dollars and everything in between. Wow. Well, you know what? It's, it, it's something interesting. There was, a, there was a document that I saw, uh, a report from China that talked about all the various different blockchains and which ones are most secure and which ones are more advanced and whatnot. And it put like Bitcoin at like number 11 or something. Right. So there's 
more advanced, more secure blockchains that have better transactions and all this other stuff, but it's not fully decentralized, right? There's normally like some headquarters or some CEO of some of those. So that's not in the nature of, of true crypto. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what ends up happening with Bitcoin. I've, I've said this multiple times in the show. I know Ronnie Moaz made a comment like this at the uh, World CryptoCon, but it's like, I've always kind of said Bitcoin could be the MySpace of crypto. You know, right now it's tearing it up. It's doing great. But there could be something that comes along, maybe when quantum computing becomes more relevant or something where there's another cryptocurrency that's just super powerful. But as for now, Bitcoin is the the leader and we'll see the price markings of this, you know, as as it goes. We'll see what happens. And Travis Wright, we continue to see celebrities chime in on this whole cryptocurrency thing and that's a really bad william shatner impression currency william shatner of myself but here here's why shatner's in the news i love this uh, article title set phasers to hodl star trek's william shatner tweets in support of vitalik buterin what a great image that is there with spock and holding up the ethereum logo and well, he's got the ethereum on his shirt that's a spock vitalik it's spock Talic. yeah it's very good so he tweeted uh yesterday to vitalik and he just said uh, at vitalik buterin thumbs up that was the tweet Mm -hmm. that 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 is the whole essence of the tweet and then um you know he got into discussions with people um you know people wanted to know if klingons have blockchain and and if ethereum can be transmitted over subspace uh so the the Twitter feed is actually really funny. If you guys get a chance, we'll link to the tweet in the uh, in the show notes, and you just need to go oh, check out this. You know, you know, it's like if you grew up and you were a fan of, of Star Trek, that's one thing. Uh, you know, you know the Priceline, the stuff. You know, William Shatner's hilarious, and I don't know if you've ever had the chance to see that show that has Henry Winkler, William Shatner, Terry Bradshaw, and George Foreman, and it's called Better Late Than Never. There's a, they have, they've done a couple of seasons where they all go travel. It is one of the funniest shows I have ever seen ever. And like, I really went into it wa- to watch it. I'm very sort of skeptical about it. I was like, all right, let's see what's good. And oh my God, I, my favorite show of all time, funny show is Impractical Jokers. That show is super, that makes me laugh so hard. Like I, I can wake up the neighborhood, but like uh, better late than never. One of the top five funniest comedies on TV that I've ever seen and um, I would highly recommend it if you want some laughs or you need some positive hilarity in your life, go on Hulu and watch some of those episodes because they are fantastic. Or, or listen to Bad Crypto because there's hilarity occasionally. Yeah, the world's funniest podcast by far. Like, I mean, in, no in your mind. Uh, but apparently William Shatner knows a little bit about blockchain. He said, you know, he was talking uh, about ERC-20s, ERC-721s, ERC-1701s. And I guess, you know, he got some uh, respect from the, the crypto community. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, other people were just making jokes around yeah. Star Trek. Because- Not bad for a dude who's 80-something. Like, he's like 84. Yeah. Awesome. I love Shatner. Great dude hilarious go watch that show better late than never if you've not seen it and uh subscribe to bad crypto if uh, you like it 
yeah, please do go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Google Play or Spotify or iHeartRadio or any other places that uh, bad crypto might be lurking. Please review us. You might get it read on the show, especially if it's a five star review and double, especially if it's funny, because we like to read mm -hmm. funny reviews written by our funny listeners. That might be you. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, be sure to watch the mastermind for when we're going live here on BeLive TV to twitch.tv because for those of you who have been here, it's been an experience. We see your comments and we appreciate you joining to watch us right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of an interesting live because we are live, but we're doing it in the format that way it goes out to the podcast. So we're not always responding to the live comments. We're actually not doing that. We'll might do that after the show is over, but we got a format to do, man. We got to stay on it. That's right. And we've got to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.